live stream stuff started, I that's when I put out my like a group of music videos off my last album, Becoming Absence, and I I put those out because they were kind of like music videos, but in live stream form, mm-hmm. kind of. And it was just multiple angles of me playing all the instruments. And I've and I've always looked at that. I've always had this fear of like coming off as cocky or coming off as like conceited because I play all the instruments and sing. But then I think like that's what I do, man. Like <laughs> I don't know why I, I wouldn't want that to come off as cocky. But that's it. it just I guess to me, I, that must be just me judging myself. But I but I look at that and I'm like, man, how else would I make a music video other than those like videos where it's like a bunch of visuals and shit right. but I'm making the video and I don't know how to do that so and I don't want to get a copyright some copyright shit with shit that I can't use so you know but I tried and I think they came out pretty good but it was like yeah live streams and all that stuff's kind of weird man I just want to play a show but I can't really play a show with Bloodshot um, but my other band which actually is right here Dear Lord uh, that we're, we're probably going to be playing shows pretty soon. Cool. But I just want to play shows, man. Yeah. I over this shit. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It, it's been <laughs> super bizarre with yeah. all of this. Super bizarre for sure, dude. Well, how'd you get started? How'd I get started? Um, the way I got started was pretty much like I, I was just making songs on my own. I was smoking a lot of weed at the time. And since then, I've quit because it was just clouding my mind a little bit too much. Um, gave me really bad anxiety and shit. I was smoking way too much. And uh, But the only good side of that was like I would just – my whole life was just pretty much smoke a bunch, just way, way, way too much, go out in the garage, play drums for a while, try to get some kind of beat together recorded, and then – uh, try to lay down some kind of bass line over that and then lay down guitar over that, solos over that. And then the next day at work, I would write uh, lyrics to this improvised jam that I did that had little sections together. And, and I just started compiling songs pretty much. And they were all just total improvisations. And I was just super stoned all the time with this bulk of... I think it got to a point where, like, before I started releasing stuff, it got to a point where I was at, like, 55 songs. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and I and I just got to a point where I'm like, why don't I do something with these? So I ended up hitting up Ryan and Dear Lord, and we started playing the songs together, and I hadn't released anything. And I was in a really bad relationship at the time. My girlfriend made me feel like it was obnoxious that I was doing that that's probably where where the conceited feeling came from which is kind of a bitch move on my part letting her make me feel that way but uh but i just i was i guess i was just too anxious to release any of it so i just i did it with dear lord and we have those songs and they're all pretty much the same kind of thing as bloodshot it's just the live concept of it i guess and uh and then i just started releasing little things here and there and now I'm, now I'm looking at releasing my tenth album, and it'll be the first one coming from an actual studio. It's not from my home studio. So, uh, 
so yeah, I, it basically just started from boredom and being stoned all the time, and <laughs> then my my anxiety kind of fucked off, and I stopped smoking as much, and that's when I started releasing all of it and doing something with it. So Very it's cool. my baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things I noticed right off the bat. I was like, good Lord, like, how many albums are they? You know, I mean, <laughs> I was impressed, you know, right off the yeah. bat, just because there's, there's such a such a volume of material, and it's and it's, and it's it's good. And, yeah, this this last uh, single that you sent me, I was like, oh, man, like, I really thought that it's the best that you've done up to date. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I was just like, I was really, I was really digging just the whole vibe of it and stuff, and and it's uh, and it's a, and it's a good clip. It's like it's over nine minutes, and it doesn't feel like nine minutes. You know, it's like some some people play because that's like the style, or they don't know how to land it, or something like that. And and this, it feels just really put together and thought thought through, and it's cool. Thank you, thank you, dude. Yeah, I, I've. I've worked on my structures a lot over the years and uh, I've realized that I don't want to just do like the same structure for every song. I mean, I do kind of a generally the same structure for most of my songs where I want to like pinpoint like a good chorus and a good verses and like catchy, weird, like uh, weird, like science fiction, psychedelic lyrics and shit that I've, wrote about and uh, thought about when I was stoned all the time. And I can totally relate to all that. Like that's, I know when you're stoned man. like you, if you hear a song about riding a motorcycle through space, it's like, yeah, you're totally like, visualizing it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's, yeah. you're sitting there like, whoa, you know, like, so that's, that's what I'm going for. I'm like, you know, I, I get it. And I'm, dude, I've heard, I've heard so many songs about, like, relationships, feelings, and, like, po- politics and all this stuff. And, like, that's fine, dude. Like, that's cool. Do your thing. But, like, music to me, dude, has always been, like, it. it's a total escape from all of that stuff. Like, that's the stuff that we always have to fucking think about. You know, mm-hmm. and like when you when when you're thinking about this chick who's being you know fucked up with you or uh, cheating on you, or you're thinking about your job or politics or you know the social aspect of you know living life and all that, and you're all stressed out. It's like I would personally rather listen to a song about going to another planet and getting space dust and taking it home and smoking it and going to another planet and do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, listen to something that has nothing to do with any of the shit that we already deal with. So, you know, that's kind of what I aim for with all that. That's very so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I like, I like that too, as a subject matter to where it's just like, it becomes a, a true escape, you know, yeah. from, from all the other bullshit that we have going on, especially now, man, you know, to where it's like, yeah. I thought 2021 was going to be like, this is my year. Like, I'm going to rock yeah. this. And then totally. all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, my God. I thought 2020 was a floating dumpster fire until 2021 came. <laughs> totally. Yeah, dude. I mean, and it, it looks like it looks like it's – I want to think that it's going up. Things are going okay, like getting better. But, like, 
man, I don't, I don't, it, it doesn't seem like, I feel like most people in America are just waiting for that moment where we're all like, hey man, let's just have it be like it used to be. And like, and then there, you got some people that are saying like, well, it used to be more fucked up. They're like, no man, like it's pretty bad right now. Like, can we just take it back like just a couple years and just kind of like come to, I don't know, come to an understanding or something. It just seems like no one can really just come together and do that. And I feel like that's the biggest thing riding on why everyone's bummed out these days, you know? Yeah. I've been, I've been finding more pockets of people all around, you know, that, that I can relate to and stuff. And, and also, I mean, doing these styles of interviews, I started doing these a year ago now, and and I'm and, you know I'm still talking to a lot of the people, which is awesome because it makes it to where it's like, oh okay, they're they're cool people all over the world. We're just kind of scattered, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally scattered, dude. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. So you've been recording all of this material in your own space up until up until this last single. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been recording it all in my garage in my room and um and it's not the best quality and i and i and i know that um i kind of like that though like the distorted quality personally but <clears throat> the only reviews that i've gotten are that you should step up you should step up your recording quality and it would be a lot lot better and like I've come to terms with that and of course i'd like to do that but man, it's really expensive, especially when it's just you. Yeah. And living in California is fucking expensive as fuck, dude. Like, so it's, um, it's, it's hard to fund, but I figured if I put everything into my last album and I take that money and I really invest that in studio time, probably like it should be done. But, uh, if I do that, then, Maybe I'd have enough money, and I and I have enough money to at least help with it, you know. Yeah. But um. But yeah, I just I wanted to step up my quality and everything, and, I, and it definitely does it justice. It sounds totally different, and um, I'm hoping that that, uh, hoping that that resonates with people, you know. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm in I'm in both camps as well, you know, in the sense of like. I like I like the uh, the lower fi sound, and also I like well produced stuff, you know. But I don't want stuff that's produced in a way that, um, you know, that's on the top one hundred, you know, no. to where it's like it's homogenized and everything sounds the same, you know, to where it's like getting into a full blown professional studio to me opens up doors for creativity, but not lacking in still the artistic drive of mm-hmm. making cool music, you know? And so yeah. that's a big deal. And it's like, and the fact that you've put together this, this huge library of material as an individual makes it to where it's like, well, not only it's impressive and not only it's enjoyable to listen to, it's like, you know, like I want to see what, ha- what's next, you know, as, mm-hmm. as like a fan and seeing what's, what 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 you're gonna do like in in a studio and stuff and and you know it's like I'm I'm looking forward to hearing the album after the after the single. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I mean, I that's yeah, that's the other thing that's kind of intimidating about it. I mean, like, and I don't I haven't really talked to many people about because 
I don't really get much feed. I mean, I get feedback and I get feedback from friends and stuff, but like you don't, you know, you always wonder stuff and you're mm-hmm. like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to post this and be like, Oh, here's my, I have a question for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of want to do whatever the fuck I want to do. But I, I wonder like, dude, if I, if I go to a studio, and I drop the money on a studio and I drop the money on mastering it. I drop the money on, uh, doing vinyl sometime if, if, if that comes to it and everything, hopefully it would sell like all this worry and everything. But then the main worry is like, if I do that, then that's like the new standard. The cool thing about having a home studio and everything and being able to do it whenever I want anytime and just release it and do all of it on my own with no reliance on anyone. Uh, that's awesome. But the scary thing is like, if I, bring someone else into it like a producer or a uh, audio engineer or whatever I take it to that level then I feel like I, I I think this single will probably be the last single that I release from the home studio because after I step it up to there then I feel like everything's gonna probably have to be there but um, but I'm cool with that because it sounds I know I'm I'm confident in it yeah. you know and I'm, and I'm confident that it sounds really good uh, it's just um, it's just a lot of money, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's a lot of money, yeah. and it's nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking to put yourself out there anytime, yep. you know. And so, Definitely. I mean, I can totally relate to that with with live shows, and I've done uh, photo shows and art shows. Like I've done all kinds of stuff, and it's like it doesn't get old. Like every time, like you're no. not, you know, every time before the doors open, you have this wonder of like, is anyone going to come? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. anyone yeah. show up? So, yeah. um, you know, but I, I don't know. In in my world, and from my experience, it's one of those deals to where it's like, well, the day that you lose that is the day that you may as well hang up your spurs with whatever you're doing because yeah. if you don't have those butterflies, it's just it means that you just you don't care or you're pompous enough to think that your shit doesn't stink. That's that's one thing I really appreciate about this scene is like. It, it seems like what I've seen mostly is it's just normal people. Yeah. You're not talking to like some guy who's like, generally speaking, you're not talking to some guy who's like an executive of some label who's just totally, totally a gatekeeper and you have to be a certain somebody to talk to him. Right. Like most of the people you're talking to is like, you can message. The, I a hundred percent agree with you about the scene to where it's like, Everyone I talk to is not pompous. They're not, you know, they're willing to give out like trade secrets and, you know, talk tech and talk about like their creative process and stuff. I have just such a weird, not, it's not even a weird setup. I just have kind of like what I have acquired. Like I've, I've always been, I've never, I see all these people that have like just these, like they got emperor cabinets, worshiper cabinet or green orange just all, all these different things i'm like dude i have a or 120 solid state uh and a uh, 212 what is it 212 mesa boogie cabinet 212 yamaha cabinet and then my pedal boards now i have two pedal boards and just a stupid amount of pedals and 
uh, I played baritone. So like it's it's uh, and it all sounds awesome together. Yeah. So I get everything I need out of all of that. And it all totally works. But then there's another part of me that wants to like I want to get a four twelve cabinet just for shows. Right. Yeah, because I don't like I don't know bringing two 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 twelves everywhere kind of sucks. And the last show we played uh, with Dear Lord, the last show I played with Dear Lord, we played in this. It was probably our worst show, dude. So it was the worst to just like leave off on. But it was we played at this place called Cooperage. It wasn't a bad show. It was just like it's this brewery, this little microbrewery, and we walk in. There's just all like sixty year olds sitting at tables having <laughs> dinner, and and they're like, yeah, just set up in the corner. And we we go and set up in the corner, and the and we set up and everything. I just had two twelve. I just had my two twelve cabinet, and my, my the head was turned up to like maybe a third of the way, which is pretty fucking loud. And I used the hoof fuzz and. That's a really, really loud pedal, and uh, the bass player that was Jim that was playing with us at the time. I think he had a, I think he had a four fifteen, and it was. And then our drummer plays like a fucking gorilla, so <laughs> it's just like I said in the mic, like kind of quietly. I, and there was a guy even standing there with his dog, dude. I felt so fucking bad about that, but like usually we would start with like this kind of like psychedelic jam into our first song. And the first thing I said, I'm like, hey, everyone, we like there was like the house lights were on. It was like it was like just picture a restaurant. Yeah. Just a restaurant. And then we set up in the corner like that band that played at Denny's. I don't know if you've ever seen that uh-huh. video. Like it's like a hardcore band playing at Denny's. <laughs> and just, it's like a Denny's. And there's the, like this fucking, I don't know, slam fucking hardcore band playing there. And it's funny. Anyway, we played there. It was that kind of show, and it was awkward as fuck because people just started getting up and they're like, "Okay," and just like, <laughs> walked away. I'm like, "Fuck, well, this isn't going great." And my girlfriend's aunt went, and she was she was all fucked up, saying that the other band sucked and everything. I'm like, like yelling it at us, and like the other bands right there were like, "Dude." And then COVID hit, and then we couldn't play shows. Like, that was a great note to start to end on. Right? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to going back to shows, but it would be nice to have a setup just for shows. I feel like I should get prepared for it, you know? Yeah. I'd like to get a 412 in that I can swap out speakers, like have it for the studio. Yeah. Totally. And, and just like plug and play and just see what I like and stuff. Cause for the longest time, like everyone's been doing like greenbacks or creambacks and stuff like that. And it's like, I get it. It sounds good. It like, don't get me wrong. You know, it's like you put that in a Marshall amp together and it's like, it sounds good. And it's just, yeah. it is what it is. Totally. And after, but after a while it's like, well, what does this sound like? And then I can't remember who it is. It's Eminence or someone like that. They have a hemp back. That's, uh-huh. that's like made, like the cone is made from hemp fibers and stuff. And it's supposed, that. it's supposed to have a particular tone. And I was like, I'll fuck around and find out with that. You know, yeah, like, see like, what is the tone? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Where yeah. it's like, I'll at least buy one speaker, you know, and like put it in a cabinet and see what it sounds like. Yeah. But, um, 
but yeah, I'd like I'd like something like that to experiment with. I have an I have an old uh, Behringer cabinet that actually sounds really good. It's got Jensen speakers in it, and I'm really surprised how well it sounds. I would never take it out on the road, but and then I have like a, a Black Star like 65 watt that's got two 12s in it, and it's loud. It's all this all this stuff. Like I had a I had a studio space that I had to get out of because of COVID. And so, like a bunch of this stuff, like got rolled into our our home, which it's like I can't I can't play it here. So I'm I'm working on getting a studio built actually at my parents because they have a they have a three car garage and one one area was actually built to be a practice room for us. So it's all it's all like double rock walled and stuff, and it's like Sick. yeah, it, it's it's. It's pretty, it's pretty badass, but we got to do, we've been working on it and getting it to where we can, I can actually like move my stuff in there and play and get creative again and stuff. Like I've been doing DI stuff here, but it's not, I don't know. It's not the same (laughs) for me. Well, that's, that's the thing, dude, about like, like you'll, you'll see like, like a, like an amp or a pedal or something like that. And then you'll see a, like a YouTube tutorial on it or a review or something like that. And like like those hemp speakers, like if you were to see a tutorial on that, it's like you can only capture so much of the tone mm-hmm. through DI or through mics or whatever. It's like, dude, if you actually play it and you turn it up, you use the head that you want and you turn it up to what you want and you're in the room with it. Like it's kind of the only way to really tell what it's going to be. And, and you totally tell the difference between tones. Like I, um, like I don't know on this on this new album I'm doing, dude, in the studio. He uh, we had a bass amp. It was in this huge, huge room under this like multi million dollar uh, like winery out in Sonoma, um, like the vineyard area out near Sonoma Raceway, and um, just this. It's like owned by like a multi billionaire from China, and he only goes out to this winery like once every three years to like entertain guests and he owns this huge ranch and the guy I'm recording with his buddy owns the ranch and they do recording out there. They have like a studio out there that they've built. And, um, so it's just, it's just, it's totally like, I don't know. It's just an absolutely amazing studio and we had total, free range to do whatever we want with recording. That's awesome. Like, yeah, we put like a huge, huge bass rig way over there. And then my amps over here, we put, uh, we put mics upstairs, uh, put mics in like, like in other rooms and then like a couple mics between us and then mic that amp and then that amp. And that's how we got the bass tone. And then moved everything around. We had like 20 something, 20-something or 30 mics. I don't know how many mics on the drums. And, like, we had a mic upstairs. And it was just, it's rad, dude. So I, I think we're, we're going to be able to get, like, a lot of awesome tone out of all of that. But, like, that's just because I'm kind of like, like you were saying, like, with tone and everything, everything sounds different. I, I'm, I'm not a stickler for tone, but, like, if we can find the best tone, why don't we try to do some weird shit and try to capture it, you know? yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like, that's one of the things that 
it feels to me right now genre specific in the sense of uh, how the music feels kind of in the doom stoner psych umbrella, I would yeah. say, you know, to where it's like, there's some people that are, that, that, that really dig it and they're trying to make it happen. And it, and it there's something about it that just falls a little flat. And then there are other people that it's like, man, what is that? You know? Yeah. And, um, and a lot, a lot of the bands, are DYI, especially at least in the in the tracking part of it, you know, to where it's like there's so many bands that are recording themselves, and then they, you know, they may farm it out to get mixed and mastered, but then there's some people that are doing their own mixing and mastering too, you know, and so, yeah. and I think, uh, you know, and and like what you were saying too earlier, to where it's like. It, that can have its negative side effects of like kind of being in an echo chamber a little bit with yourself of just like, yeah. is this good? <laughs> you, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, totally. I think that's, yeah. I think that's just a part of the creative process is questioning yourself. I think if, I think if you don't question yourself, then you kind of get to this stagnant point of not pushing yourself, you know? And, and I yeah. think, I think it's, I think it's important, you know, to push yourself. And I think there's a, there's a, I don't know, a rare breed of people that are kind of, you know, I, I would say in general artists, you know, of, of whatever discipline they pick up, you know, we're all, we're all kind of bent away that it's like we obsess, <laughs> you know, totally. we, we just like dive in head first on something. And, and if, and if, and if we don't feel like it's good, then, then it's not, it's yeah. you know, dude, <laughs> Oh, fuck. That reminds me, dude. Like, so on my last album before becoming Absence, uh, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't read comments like that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't read the fucking comments. But me, I read the comments because I'm an idiot. So <laughs> I, and I was like, I, I was feeling really like confident about it. Like, it, like, it was the first album that I had dropped, like out of the whole group of albums. It was my eighth, and it was Void Rider, and Void Rider was like the first album that really made me think, like, okay, I want to, I want to take this and like bring it to certain people and like, like do some interviews on it and stuff like that, and talk to people about it, and promote it, and do what I can to, you know, have a couple of YouTube channels like uploaded and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I want to actually do it, you know? I want to try to do it. And uh, and I got one, I got, like, one comment that was just a couple words long. And it, like, I don't know, dude. Like, I was talking to my girlfriend, and she's like, I was, I was telling her, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if people don't like it, dude. I don't fucking care. And she's like, Schaefer one person on a YouTube channel way deep in YouTube, some random person just said, turn up the drums. <laughs> and dude, I obsessed over it for the whole album. I was like, I need to make sure the drums are loud enough, but not too loud. Cause then, and she totally just put me in my place and it fucking cracks me up. Cause <laughs> she's like, I'm like, I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. She's like, you fucking care. You care too much. One person told you to turn up the drums and it like ruined your week. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. But then on this next album, uh, or on my last album on Becoming Absence, so 
someone was like, why are the symbols so loud? <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> fuck, dude. Like, uh, I'm just going to go to a studio. Fuck this, dude. Like, I'm, I'm not going to keep trying to get it perfect for everybody. And then I realized it's not going to be perfect. You right. know? It's just, it, but I'm going to do the best I can. So. Yeah. yeah. I, that's the biggest thing to me is like being able to say, okay, this is, this is as good as it gets. Yeah, and I'm going to release this out into the wild and let people experience it and enjoy it or hate it and and like somehow be okay with all of that, you know, to where it's yeah. like I uh, I don't know. A while back, I kind of came to that certain acceptance of like if I evoke an emotion out of an individual, no matter what the emotion is, I have accomplished yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Know? Yeah, so. So it's like, so it's like, if I take that tack, then it's like, it's money all the time because like yeah. someone's either going to love it or be pissed off by it or, you know, yeah. or hate it or something. Yeah, and, totally. and, and it's yeah. like, I don't know, it kind of, kind of frees you up a little bit. If you, if, if you take that mindset to where it's like, okay, I'm just able to come in and, and, you know, it was a little bit like with, with the magazine, with Metaloid to where it's like, oh, I'm trying to, you know, trying to make everyone happy and trying to cover everything yeah. and it's like man it's impossible there's just too much going on everywhere and it's just yep. a good way to get blown out and then and i did for a little bit you know especially when it became just me trying to trying to make it happen and stuff so i i under, i feel your pain too when you're when you're you know not only creating you're producing and mixing and you know doing all the technical side of it and stuff and it's like it's a daunting uh task and it's it's nice yeah. it's a it's nice to have uh, some feedback from individuals at times yeah. at t well yeah i mean i'm cool with any feedback dude if, i mean people have told me you know it's really lo-fi and you should work on that this and that like dude i just do it the way i like to do it man yeah. I, but then but then some people like my dude my so my best friend cody he uh he and i had a conversation the other day and he's he's a singer and he does like johnny cash kind of Oh, country cool. kind of yeah. stuff and um and it, he's really really good at it. he only knows he taught himself guitar he only knows a couple of chords and um he told me dude like my biggest fear i'm not trying to throw throw cody under the bus here because he'll probably listen to this but <laughs> um he he told me he's like my biggest fear is people just shitting on my music yeah. And that's why I haven't done anything with it. He has he has like five or six songs that I'm going to try to help him record. And, you know, he really just wants uh, a vinyl of his music. That's all he ever wanted. And, um, and I said, dude, you know, once you get over this hump of like, like, yeah, people can like shit on your stuff and like make you feel stupid, all that stuff. But um, like it's not so much about that. It's, it's, it's about if, 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 if you get shit thrown at you or, or bad stuff happens to you, it's not, it's not whether or not you can take it. It's like, okay. If like, if, if you can, if you can take a certain amount of criticism, then do that thing that like, like with me, I can take it. If someone tells me that they don't like my music, I can, I can take it and they can tell me and they can shit all over it and they can make fun of me and they can, all this stuff and of course I'll be like well I'm bummed out now but I mean but I can take it and I told Cody that I said dude you, I mean the worst thing that could happen 
is someone doesn't like it. That's it. Right. It's all that can happen, dude. It's just that someone someone doesn't like it, or you're on stage. He owns a bar, and he's like, I just people are gonna like not like it, and I just feel so awkward. I'm like, dude, if you're playing music at your bar and people don't like it, like, what's the worst that could happen? They just tell you to, oh, they like make fun of you and everything. You can handle that. It's gonna suck, but you can handle it. Like, right. Even with a magazine, like, what's the worst thing someone could say about a magazine? Yeah. Like, and then you really think about it, you're like, yeah, there's not really much horrible stuff that you can say about a magazine. People can be pretty ruthless, but uh, as long as you can take it, dude, as long as you can take any kind of, or take a little bit of criticism or take the amount of criticism that comes with the art that you're making, you should totally do it. Because if you don't, then you're going to be way more bummed out. Right. That you, don't, that you didn't do it. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. And one, when from to add on to that, from what I've found, the people that are absolutely ruthless are the ones that can't yeah totally you know i mean it's like constructive criticism from a peer or 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 advice or you know sharing some knowledge and stuff like that's all awesome and that's what i have also experienced mainly in the stoner doom community you know it's that it's like i don't know people look out for each other and 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 can have you know, positive feedback that's constructive as well and stuff, yeah. you know, and like, I think that's super cool. And I think, uh, you know, I mean, it's not all, I'm not saying it's all like sunshine and rainbows and hugs and stuff, but, right, right. but it's not, I don't know. It just, it's not cutthroat. Yeah. No, it's not. And it's not, it's not like, a. yeah, I, I've, I've noticed that like another, like, I don't even, I don't know. Cody kind of made, that made it seem like he knew that oh, like people are people are not going to like what I have to. I'm like, dude, I, I don't know if the country genre is like that, but I, I I don't know. I doubt it. You know, like, but yeah, the stoner rock, everything. I mean, dude, you could. I mean, you could pretty much record anything, call it stoner rock, uh, and they and people would be like, oh, nice, dude, cool. Like, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> dude, like right on, man. Like I've seen some. Some bands, fuck, I forgot the name of that band, dude. Uh, it's a band from Portland, I think, or Washington. I don't know, but it's just bass and drums, and it's super, like, spiritual doom. I kind of like Ohm, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I've liked some of their stuff. They've liked some of my stuff, and, and I was listening to them a few times. And I'm like, I... I listened to it at work and I was driving and it started to put me to sleep. I'm like, well, I can't do that while I'm driving. Right. So, yeah. That's never a good but, thing. Yeah. But I'll, but I'll listen to it in a different setting, you know, and like, and, and, and that's cool because I don't know, I want to be part of that supportive community where like, it might not be my thing right now, but I'm going to put it in my playlist and listen to it when I think it's going to be good, you know, yeah. or good to listen to. And, uh, that doesn't take anything away from bands like that or any bands. It's just, I mean, just because your music isn't great to listen to in this one setting doesn't mean you can't find some vibe that it wouldn't be good for. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. Yeah, dude. Well, how long how long have you been working on this particular album? Uh, probably, uh, man, in the studio or all together? All together. Altogether, um, I would say maybe about 
like three or four months, something like that. Yeah, like I wrote the songs, I recorded them, and had them all recorded and ready to go. And I picked out out of like I picked out out of out of eleven songs, I picked out six, and uh, the six best ones just stuck. I said, okay, these are the ones I'm. I'm not going to overthink it. I just want to take it to the studio and do it. And I've been in the studio recording them. Uh, and the album is going to be called Electric Trinity. I'm going to be releasing uh, four singles off of it uh, leading up to the album. Um, and I have artwork from a bunch of different artists that are doing the artwork for it. And some are, some of them are old friends and some of them are uh, like artists, like pretty good artists from uh, Instagram community. And, uh, yeah, so it's a lot of work and it's a lot of planning, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I think putting a little bit of time into it like that's helpful, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, the artwork on this single is awesome. I love yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. There, yeah, there are a surprising amount of them, specifically in Indonesia. I don't know yeah. what's going on over there, but it's like, and a bunch of them are like genuinely into the scene too. Like they ride motorcycles and love yeah. doom and stoner music and stuff. And I was like, cool, man. Like I yeah. had no idea. That was one of the cool things that I discovered about um, uh, the Swamp Records is that yeah. it's like, man, do they represent a whole lot of bands all over the world? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's and and, and the crazy thing about that is uh, the guy from the Swamp uh, Fuzzy from fuzzy crank cracklins uh he's like half an hour away from me yeah like he's in <laughs> like berkeley albany area or i think that's where he is um but yeah like i asked him one day i'm like where are you he's like oh i'm in the uh, bay area california i'm like so am i dude but he but but most a bunch of his bands are from like you know way the fuck that way yeah <laughs> you know? so that's it's kind of cool. It's like, oh, there is, there's not a scene here, but there's people here. So that's cool. Yeah, but, one, the longest time I, since, since he goes by Fuzzy Cracklins and it's a Swamp Records and stuff, I was like, oh, this guy's got to be from New Orleans or something. You yeah, know, like, exactly. I'm totally thinking the South. And then, and then I was like, I think it's Oakland. Yeah. It's, it's Oakland or Albany. One of those, and, one of those, because I work in that area. And so, I was like, I, dude, I probably hooked up your internet. Like, I work for an internet company and I build infrastructure like on poles and stuff. And uh, he's like, yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. But uh, but it's crazy. It's like small world, man, for sure. But like big world too, because he's he's got guys in Indonesia and shit. Yeah. Places, places and names I can't even pronounce. Yeah, all over South America and stuff, and yeah, it's it's cool. Well, and that's I don't know that that's some of the stuff with the whole community too, to where it's like the the scene is big. It's just yeah. these pockets everywhere, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. I wish I wish there was some sort of like mecca for us, you know, that we could all yeah get to. And it's like we, you know, I, I wish. I wish there was a. I feel like we're all over the we're all over the world, and if we were to have one big massive bash of like everyone getting together, 
everyone would be too broke to go. So <laughs> it's like, like that's like the whole scene. Like we're everywhere, but we're too broke to meet up. So, like, so we'll just stay at home and keep listening to the albums, I guess. You know, fuck it, dude. I started with playing thrash, and I, that's all I played was thrash all through high school and all that. And um, then I realized, like with thrash, it's like, what do you have? with thrash you have fast yeah and then with black metal you have like evil and fast and then with death metal you have like really really evil and angry and fast and then with like rock and roll you have like catchiness and blues riffs Mm -hmm. and if you take a little bit of the fast and you take the low end of like not not like hip hop, but like if you take like a level of low end that would be in hip hop, and you take like the solos from rock and roll and like the not the anger, but like the aggression from like thrash and all that, and then you slow it way the fuck down, and it's like super catchy drum beat, super low end heavy, like shaking your bones bass, yeah. and then make guitar solos just as weird like just instead of like a solo that's all about speed and like arpeggios and sweeping and all that stuff you just take a solo that it could just be one note but the way you mix it it like goes between your ears Mm -hmm. and it feels like it's going through the middle of your head and dude if you're stoned and you're listening to that (laughs) then you're like yeah dude yeah like and if and then on top of all of that you make the lyrics about some weird psychedelic trip then it's like a total it's not like you need to be stoned for it but if you're sober for it or you're playing it in a car that's the other thing i wanted to say about my music like it you know it might not sound amazing through every speaker but like the way that i made it sound i made it for driving because i drive all the time i'm always driving and if you turn it way the fuck up in your car and you turn up the bass it's not it's not like you can tell people like hey Listen to this, but you have to listen to it like this. Right. Like, I'm not saying you have to, but I implore anyone who's listening to my stuff to listen to it in the car super loud, and you're going super fast, and turn up the bass. That's it. And and maybe and, and if you if you like that, then that's well, that's what it was made for. But like, if you listen to it on a phone, like if you're like, oh, let me look up the new Bloodshot Buffalo song, you. It's gonna sound like shit, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you; it's gonna sound like shit. But, um, but I totally get it, man. Like the vibe and everything. I try to achieve that myself, and I'm glad that there's people that totally, uh, totally get where we as musicians are trying to come from. You know, it's fucking rad. Yeah, no, it is. So. Well, and it's cool that. I, I dig that you mixed it for the car, you know, because it's like I have a hour to sometimes two hour commute, you know, when I'm having mm-hmm. to run around and it's just like, dude, man, if you're on the road for four hours, it's like you need something. You yeah. Know? So totally. And that's and that's the other thing. I like I said, I drive all the time in my old job. I was driving most of the day and now I drive uh, at least like two and a half hours a day or well no two and a half like four and a half maybe five but like 
for that whole time, like, I, I know there's other people out there. And if I have albums on albums on albums of music, I just, I was kind of worried about just over-releasing music. But then I thought, well, why not, dude? Like, why, why, there's people out there that would, that might have a lot of time on their hands, or they might be driving somewhere all the time. So just hit play on one of my albums and go for it. And that's why I have so much of it is because you can just kind of get lost in it. I listen to it all the time, even though it's my music, but I made it for myself. So, so fuck it, you know? Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I started the podcast and started the radio show was for the same thing, you know, to where it's like, you know, Spotify does a surprisingly pretty good job sometimes in this genre, you know, to where it's like, it'll pick up kind of what I'm setting down and, and, and and I'm I'm kind of impressed with the algorithm. Not gonna lie, even though like there's a lot of things about Spotify I don't like, but but uh, as a company, but but uh, but yeah, to where it's like, yeah, man, let me put together this cool playlist and talk about some of these bands and not just have it like going off in the ether for these people, you know, like give them a little bit of information to where they can find these 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 bands and 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 go down their own rabbit holes and stuff and yeah. And even if they want to, that's then, like I said earlier, the coolest thing about this scene is nine times out of ten, I'd like to say, mm, no, not nine, seven times out of ten, you listen to a band, you can probably go on Instagram and message them and tell them how much you like their album. And they'll message you back and be like, thanks, man. Like, it's a normal person you're talking to. Yeah. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah. It's an awesome scene. I'm really stoked to be a part of it. Yeah. 